Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Rodrigo, back on the day, would suffer for a whole week Mm -hmm. I would eat McDonald's every two days, you know, like that sort of attitude. Nowadays, it's like I felt really shit, really shit for a few hours. I was like, I don't want, I'm not going to call my parents. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to allow myself to feel sorry for myself for half day. Netflix and chill. That's what I did. Chocolate, popcorn, whatever I wanted. Alcohol. Mm -hmm. Happy days. Mm -hmm. And then after half you know that, that happened maybe 12 o'clock that, that particular day i felt really sorry for myself until midnight and then i went to bed next day i was like no like just you know it's not out of it i don't have any reason to feel that way because how many people not only you know want to be actors or uh, you know, and anyone people that want to leave brazil because they don't feel happy and they don't get the opportunity to do what what i did and what i've, I've achieved so far Rodrigo's story is defined by his ability to take leaps of faith into the unknown. He did this on numerous occasions, whether it was the time he left Brazil for Ireland, the time he left a secure job to pursue his passion of acting, or even later on, the time he left a steady acting job in Fair City to further push himself and his skills in his chosen field of acting. The nature of pursuing your dream is often earmarked with moments of doubt, anxiety, stress, joy, failure and success. He tells us how he deals with all of these emotions in a way that enables him to keep moving forward towards his goals. Thanks a mil for listening to this podcast, guys. Every week this show gets more and more listens and I have to say your support and feedback has been fantastic and makes us even more motivated to keep pushing out these episodes. If you want to get in touch with us, then please do. We're on Instagram at a, a underscore life underscore in underscore Dublin. That's a bit of a mouthful. Maybe we might have to change that. Um, anyway, folks, here's the conversation I had with Rodrigo.
I'm interested to know a little bit before we go into the acting uh, realm. I want to know a little bit about your your background first. So mm. and, and and your your time growing up, and tell me a little bit about about that experience. Yeah, so I'm also Irish. I'm an Irish citizen uh, since mm. 2016. Congratulations. So, uh, of course, thank you. <laughs> it took me a while to, to get my, my citizenship, but the day when I got it, I was pretty happy, I must say. I, I also love the whole like the cultural mix and the, the, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's the, the first thing that brought me to Ireland, really. But um, answering your question, I so I am from Sao Paulo, actually a small city within Sao Paulo state called São Caetano do Sul. Uh, it's a very tiny place, but again, not it's not countryside, if you know what I mean. Mm. To the point that when I arrived in Dublin for the first time, it felt like Dublin was countryside to me, yeah. even though yeah. my city was, you know, it, it was a weird uh, experience. But um, so, yeah, no, I grew up uh, in a family of, of a very small family. It was just myself and my brother, Bruno. He's four years young, uh, younger than me. So I'm 38 and he's 35. Mm. I'm going to my 39 it, uh, but pretty soon. <laughs> so uh, it was just two of us. We had a very good, you know, childhood uh, with a lot of difficulties as well. You know, as you, as you know, Brazil, it's uh, you know a third world country, and I wasn't lucky enough to be born in a very rich family. So mm -hmm. it took you know a few years for us to to get our uh, independence and you know really enjoy life. Uh, but but I I did have my family was always super cozy uh, half of my family is from Spain or I should say like my yeah. great-grandfather was born in Spain and then he started family in Brazil and the other side of my family from my dad's side uh, we're actually from Russia uh, mm. you know, although I should really say Ukrainian these days but you know I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. supposed to say the wow. truth <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah and and it's interesting because uh, since they left, like both sides of, sides of the family, the Spanish and also the, the Russian, they actually married between their own colonies. So they married between Russians and Spanish back on the day. This is like, you know, first and second world war. Uh, yeah. And for that reason, we like if you if you look my, you know, my my what you say, my family tree, family tree. Uh, yeah, my family tree. I don't have any any, any blood, let's say like a Brazilian blood because they wow. did marry between, you know, uh, themselves so it's interesting like you know i'm half spanish and, and half russian and i'm an Irish citizen but born in brazil you know i'm talking to you today in the uk so it couldn't be more you yeah. know all over the place uh but, but yeah no we had a very good and uh, you know childhood my grannies they used to cook a lot of spanish and russian food my granny the, the one that's alive from my dad's side uh, she still cooks like uh, russian food about any and borscht and that sort mm. of thing so we grew up with that sense of like a big family even though we're just two of us my mom's family was really big and my dad's family was really big as well uh so Bruno and I we always you know, got to experience like those you know weekends with lots of cousins and aunts and uncles and traveling to yeah. the beach because it was only about an hour from our place uh, almost every weekend or when when we're not going to the beach we're going you know to countryside as well so yeah it was pretty good I I must say I, I missed that time did you grow up with with dreams of 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 leaving brazil um or 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 of something let's say different because you are i imagine growing up uh, with parents who are you know both from different cultural backgrounds let's say um and then maybe one of your friends has you know these two brazilian parents and your other friend also has these two brazilian parents maybe you start to feel a little bit different in a way 
Yeah, I, I, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but I, I think I had a lot of influence from one of my uncles and, and my Tio Tio, because that's what we call uncle in Brazil. Uh -huh. And he used to work for General Motors for years and years. He, you know, he, he was an engineer for them and he traveled a lot. I remember him going to the States, going to somewhere in Europe and always bringing back, you know, some sort of little gifts and, and toys and that sort of thing. And I think, you know, analyzing that i've never thought about it until you asked now but i think that's how you give me this spark you know to, yeah. to 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 get this this i don't know this idea of going abroad i i saw him doing it and then i was like well maybe, how is it like going to rome you know going to miami and new york like that that sounds really cool but obviously i didn't have the means to do that so i think it was always in the back of my mind like acting i know we're gonna get to it eventually mm. But uh, I think it was always in the back of my mind, only when I felt like I could do it by myself, you know, because I couldn't really get the help from my parents, you know, uh, mm. financially, like it was, it was me, myself and I. So since a very early age, to be honest, but um, as soon as I had the opportunity, I was like, I really want to go abroad and 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 try and experience. I, I never had in my mind that I would be living abroad for all these years because I, I left Brazil in 2008. So in March this year is going to be 15 years. Wow. Uh, so I, I didn't think that was going to happen, but the idea and and the the willingness to to go abroad, I think, was there since always. Can you tell me a little bit about if you can remember, because we're going back fifteen years, maybe the four to six weeks um, before you left Brazil? Um, what what type of emotions were you going through? What were your thoughts? Were you excited? Were you nervous? How did you feel? Yeah, I, I do remember actually. Uh, I I don't know why we were talking about this the other day, um, but we were talking about you know that sort of uh, situation. And and I remember I had planned you know the whole trip uh, years in advance, like uh, probably I don't know a year and a half at least, maybe even mm -hmm. two years through a, um, a intercambio, you know, like exchange mm -hmm. uh, agency in 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 São Paulo. But um, so also because I was paying in so many installments. So I had literally started like yeah. in the one year and you pay like in whatever, 24 times, you know, installments of such and such. Uh, so it was like a very well-planned, uh, you know, trip uh, or move, I should say. And um, when I told my family, uh, I, I was always really lucky because my parents were always super supportive. My, my dad is the quiet one, but mm. if he doesn't say anything, it means you're doing okay. And my okay. mom is like the talkative, <laughs> just like myself. Yeah. Uh, and I think she was the one with more opinions. But again, she always trusted me. I, I started working when I was 12, 13 years old. I always paid my bills, you know, like since really young. So I don't think she she knows, she knew that I had my head in, in the right space, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So they gave me a lot of support, I remember. My friends were, were a bit sad because they kind of knew they were like, oh, Rodrigo's not going to come back, you know. Like mm. I didn't know, but but I wasn't opposite you know, to the idea either. Uh, but it was very emotional. I remember like packing everything. Uh, it was close to my birthday, which is the 18th of March, one day after Paris yeah. Day. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. And um, I remember organizing a little you know, living party slash birthday party and uh, having my friends over from college because I had just graduated as well. Granny was there. The granny was talking there, the Russian one. And she was also there, which is the love of my life. Like she's still alive. Mm. She's 88. Uh, next month and um so yeah and it was really emotional i remember saying goodbye to my big job like i i was working for citibank uh for about okay. five years i started as a trainee and then i was 
uh, made you know uh, permanent. And uh, I had really good friends like Daniela, my friends, still friends until you know uh, today. And uh, so yeah, it was very emotional saying goodbye to everyone. And again, stepping in into the unknown, you know, because I didn't have anyone in Ireland at all. It was just me going to a hostel for two weeks with paperwork for school for for six months, and that was it. So it sounds like you had a, a good life. It sounded like you had a settled life in Brazil before you left. It wasn't yeah. a case of you leaving because of, you know, sometimes we speak to people about because they leave because out of necessity, you know, or mm-hmm. they really need it maybe emotionally or financially or whatever it might be. But it sounded like you you had you had a good community, you had a, you had a job, you had friendships. Obviously, you've got a very close family. So what was it that drove you to to come to Europe? I don't know what it was. I, I, I try to to answer that question uh, a couple of times, and it's it's always really hard. I think it was just in me, you know, because I didn't have. Well, if if I think about career, I had a very good career in 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 the bank. Uh, mm. My salary was was a reasonable salary. I had lots of opportunity to you know, to grow up. I had friends there still, you know, in 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 those not those positions, but that sort of job, like in banking. Mm. And, and they're doing super well, you know, managers, directors. Um, so I, I think I would have had a lovely career in Brazil, but clearly I wasn't happy. I think it's it's always down to to what you believe and to what, what you want. Sometimes you don't even know what you want. I didn't know I, I wanted acting back on the day. I knew acting was something that I was very, very, very curious about, but I didn't get to experience acting in Brazil. So I couldn't raise my hand and say, oh, I'm leaving because I want to become an actor. So isn't it easier to do acting in your own language, the language that you know that you speak every day? Uh, it's hard enough for uh, for for everyone else uh, you know, out there. So I don't think it was I don't think it was one reason that I left. Oh, I was I wasn't happy with such and such. I think it was more I wasn't completed. I wasn't feeling like fulfilled somehow. You know, back back on the day. And then certain things happened as well. About six months before I traveled, maybe eight months, I don't remember exactly, I was unfortunately, you know, Brazil, Sao Paulo, is, it can be very violent sometimes, and we had this, you know, wave of, uh, what do you call in English, like when you're kidnapped, but just for a brief, short period, like, uh, okay, uh, like you're taken name. hostage. Yeah, but like in, in your car, you know, and they drive you around, I forgot, there's a name for that, which oh. I completely forgot now. It could be carjacking. Could be, yeah, something like that. that. So it did happen to me, unfortunately, when I was leaving my, God. Uh, my friend's birthday party uh, in Sao Paulo. And I had my car and everything you know, was nice that night. And then I was kidnapped and then kept you know, hostage or whatever, driving my own oh car my God. for a few hours. And they were very rough and you know, violent. And that really gave me uh, like such a scare that I couldn't drive for a couple of months. And of I ended up with stitches in my face. Like it was really, really scary. Uh, and again, I was in a very well populated and good area. So it wasn't like, oh, it happened because he was by the slums. No, no, it was just like a, you know, city center normally. Uh, but anyway, it did happen to me. And then that made me to anticipate my my move. You know, I was supposed to happen in September. I think I went, I decided to go in March, uh, okay. mainly for that reason. I'm not going to lie. But again, it wasn't mm. the reason I was leaving Brazil because I was going to leave anyways. Uh, yeah. But that didn't help, let's say. Um, but yeah I think I wasn't feeling fulfilled somehow inside Mm. mentally (laughs) so it was a step into the unknown um, 
you're you're coming from Sounds a very like a different <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's well it's to a certain extent like you're not coming from you know let's say a european country it's it's a, it's quite a big different difference in terms of uh culture mm-hmm. and I mean, we're not going to talk about the weather and all that kind of stuff but obviously that's a factor that i'm sure played into your first six months in ireland oh, um, <laughs> and, and not only that you know I, i'm very aware and, and most people who are listening to this podcast are aware that um it's not easy because you're you're coming from you've got a specific type of visa which you know gives you the right to study and also to work part time but mm-hmm. then you have to pay a lot of bills so then working part time becomes a real struggle and and studying mm-hmm. at the same time um so i imagine your first few months if not your first couple of years in ireland were quite difficult yeah no they they they, they were let me just see if we're recording this properly Still yeah. yes. Uh, I'm, I have those, I don't know, OTT, I need to keep looking, make sure it's recording and all. <laughs> um, so yes, I I remember it was a struggle for, especially at the beginning, because like, like you said, you were coming to you know uh, into a country that the weather is quite different, even though it was kind of springish in March, spring, yeah. Uh, but it was really cold. I remember like walking from my hostel, which was in um, Bachelor's Walk, just by the mm, leafy yeah and i walked you know all the way up to it was just one block not even a block it was half block to o'connor street and then i turned left and then all i could see were like those dead trees you know like they mm. were all dead dead <laughs> yeah. dead dead and that that's what i thought i was like these people are really morbid why, why would they keep to you know these dead <laughs> trees in the middle of town like because i've never seen a, a a tree without leaves in brazil that just mm. doesn't happen even even during the winter or autumn, yeah. it's always green uh, because it's, you know, obviously, you know, if you go to the south, maybe, you know, really, really down uh, south in Brazil, maybe you could see, but I'm from southeast, so we don't see that sort of thing. So it was, it was a, the first experience. Uh, and then the weather, obviously, I didn't, I, I thought I, I had, you know, prepared for all, you know, the, the, the bad condition, but no, like my jackets in Brazil, they wouldn't be, you know, uh, rainproof and that sort of thing. So I had to run to pennies, you know, and buy some. <laughs> late uh, late may last minute supplies and um so yeah it was it was weird uh, but at the same time it's so exciting to know you were you were you know attempting to speak english my english was absolutely horrible i literally was high and by more like by because if i say hi i have to engage and i didn't have vocabulary <laughs> to engage so it was it was literally like me trying to avoid but again being able to ask for a bottle of water you know in english for the first time is like what, I think I yeah. can survive. <laughs> it's a it's a little win. You know, it um, is, yeah. So you came to Ireland 2008 with, as you said, next to no English. Um, years later, you're acting on Irish television in English. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you've gone from being a banker in, in Sao Paulo to an actor in another language in Dublin within the space of, let's say, 10 years um yeah pretty pretty crazy <laughs> sometimes i have to pinch myself like how did i do that <laughs> what, what, what happened so yeah i i have an answer for that so basically uh like i said i always liked acting it was always in the back of my mind i was never brave enough to do it i never had the courage because i was coming from a family with not so you know so much money and you know, who had to work to pay the bills so obviously that stops you you know from 
from trying anything different. But let's say if I did have a lot of money back in the day, I could see me going to theater, you know, and drama and that sort of thing early in my in my in my life. But anyway, that didn't happen for whatever reason. I am a truly believer that everything in life happens for a reason. You know, at that particular mm. time in Brazil, I wasn't ready, and and then somehow it worked in Ireland. But uh, what what did I do? Like just to to put in the timeline quickly. Uh, for two years, I just went to uh, uh, English school and I just learned the language. I put a lot of effort. Uh, I still have a very strong accent, but people say like my accent is a bit more neutral than than a Brazilian. You know, uh, mm. sometimes I slip into it if I get too comfortable. Uh, mm-hmm. But if I'm acting, I try to to be a bit more. You know, uh, pay more attention to it. But um, so so basically, I learned the language as much as I could within you know those first two years. Then I decided to go and do my postgrad in accounting in DIT. So I graduated mm-hmm. as an okay. accountant uh, for DIT. And then I got a job in Deloitte, Deloitte and Touche uh, as, as wow. an auditor slash audit, uh, yeah. accountant slash auditor. And I did for a, few, for a few years until I decided to leave. I was 28 at that stage. And the only reason I did it, people were like, well, if you, if you knew you wanted acting, why didn't you do acting straight away? Well, first of all, uh, I wasn't you know, feeling ready to you know. It was really like, what, what can I do here? I was away with David, my husband, and mm. uh, I wanted to buy a house. I want we wanted to start a family yeah. together. So I was like, yeah. this business of going and trying something totally new in a different language, like acting, not for me, not yet. I wanted to to, to be able to apply for the mortgage, to to get a job, and you know that sort of thing. Uh, so I, I ended up working for Deloitte for a few years, and then when when I was twenty eight, I. I really, it really came to my senses that I wasn't happy. You know, even my husband was like, "Well, you're not the same Rodrigo that I met." You know, you're you're very, I don't know. I was a little bit depressed, and I'm always like, uh, you know, happy go sort of guy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so it, it was it was it was it was weird for for David for me. I, I felt like it, it was, something was really wrong. And that's when I started having conversations with David, and then together we decided. I was like, I'm just not happy, you know. I'm very, I'm a very creative sort of person, and being, not being able to use that creativity in my day to day, it was just killing me, you know. Like being going to like the job was amazing. I'm not going to complain yeah. about the job or the people that worked there. The company itself was really good, but the thing is, like to go every single day and fill up spreadsheets and you know and check paperwork, whatever. Just my creativity was just dying. Uh, in a very you know fast pace and uh, that's when I decided to give up everything uh, again it, w- it wouldn't be the first time because I did give up every- everything when I was in Brazil mm-hmm. and then I decided to to do acting I was like you know what I always wanted to do acting let's just give it a shot see how it goes you know if uh, I'm, I'm not a, a stupid person either I gave myself five years from my graduation day I said if I don't do anything for five years then you know it's time to to move on and maybe leave acting as as a, as a hobby, as something that will always be there, but more like amateur-ish. And then I can work on something else, open a coffee shop or, I don't know, mm-hmm. work in the marketing uh, of a department of a company or something like this. But looking, luckily enough, I, I managed to do the acting reasonably well for the first five years. <laughs> <laughs> I find it quite inspiring really listening to your story in many ways because I, I'm thinking of of your your life maybe in, in it and it's more of an its entirety and you said that you you started working for example when you were 12 years old it was mm-hmm. you said you, you had to fend for yourself everything that you got you worked for from a very very young age mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of almost um 
almost a survival mentality you know it's a it's a you're you're working to live kind of kind of attitude but you're doing it in a in a very positive way mm-hmm. and and you built yourself up slowly but surely to to working in a bank then you you started from scratch again in in Ireland and you you as you said learned English in two years then you did something which many people find very hard to do you studied accounting got a job in a big accounting firm so you're obviously very very capable when you set your mind to something mm-hmm. um, but then I know that you made the step with the step into the unknown as I'm calling this from Brazil to Ireland um, and then you did it again so that when you calculate that risk um how is it are you calculating it in a very like strategic way in the sense like you said I'll give this five years and I'll see how it goes or is it just a feeling inside of you that you're following and you don't really know what's happening I think it's it's a bit of both I am I'm I'm a dreamer like I'm Pisces Mm. I don't know if you believe that sort of thing Mm. I Mm. I have a little a little you know uh, my mind goes into astrology and and, and horoscope mm-hmm. and that sort of thing every now and then. I'm mm. not no, I'm not an expert or anything. But being from you know, Pisces, uh, we are all dreamers. You know, I, I dream big. You know, I, I can see mm. things. You know, ahead of time and that or envisage or manifest. Like nowadays, this word is becoming mm. really you know famous. So I think I always had that. But I I I also think it comes from within. You know, it's it's almost like that kind of feeling. Like listen. You know, I really have a feeling that this could work. Uh, I also know my own capability, you know, like I, I work really hard in absolutely everything I do. You know, yeah. you can give me a piece of paper and say, you, you I need to fold in 1000 pieces and I'm going to do my best to, to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Even though people go like, oh, that's impossible. Like, no, I'll, I'll do my best. So I I think it's, it's a combination of many things. First of all, I I work really hard in any, anything that I do, everything that I yeah. do, I, I work really hard. Second, I think I have like a sixth sense, you know, like I can sense where I should be going. And the third, uh, analyzing risks, like you said, uh, it's something I learned with David. I always practice, but I think David and I together, we, we always do you know, that sort of analysis, which is like, what is the worst case scenario? Mm. You know, like, like absolutely worst case scenario, like me giving up Deloitte, or me giving up Brazil, I had like whatever back on the day was eleven thousand reais, nothing. Mm. But like the worst case scenario back on the day was like, well, I learned some English because I I was able to pay the accommodation and I didn't have to work for maybe two or three months. But after three months, let's say I would I would have to spend you know more and more money, and that meant I would have to go back to Brazil, and that money would be gone. But I knew I was a very good employer in the bank, and I knew they would actually take me back, if you know what I mean, or at least yeah. I could get a job at the same level. So that was like a calculated risk. Then when I gave up Deloitte, uh, there was a bigger risk because then you are older, the, the older yeah. you get, the more complicated things you know become. Mm-hmm. But again, worst case scenario was like, well, I'm not afraid of cleaning toilets. I'm not af- afraid of you know going and working for you know shop. And, and, and I did actually, uh, uh, one of my very first jobs was, for Bershka, uh, one of the Inditex mm. company, you know, Zara uh, yeah. sister, let's say. And I worked mm. for them in, in the cash desk for three years and a half before I actually got Deloitte. So I'm not afraid of working, you know. So the worst case scenario would be, well, let me just get through my little backpack and go to work and yeah. do something, you know, that, that I probably wouldn't want to do in the first place, but it wouldn't kill me either. You know yeah. What I mean? 
Yeah. That is, uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling very inspired listening to you. You're, you're kind of, I feel like if we could, one, one question came to my mind when I was listening to you is if you could, how would you try and transmit that attitude to somebody who might be listening to this? Um, you know, they've come recently from, let's say, Brazil or Venezuela or even Spain or Italy. They've moved country and it's not something they're comfortable with. It's not something mm. they're enjoying even. But maybe they have the intention of improving their English or improving their work opportunities like you did all of the hard things. Um to get where you are now as you said you're mm. a very hard worker and you stayed focused <clears throat> and you stayed on track in those moments where, where did you have moments of or in those times did you have any moments where you were like i hate this i want to go oh yeah i think we all do yeah yeah how did you deal with that well i back on the day i used to suffer because i used to fight then i was like why why am i feeling like this you know and, and then it's it just getting a very uncomfortable and that would like consume me you know consume me for like a few days and it just wasn't a good feeling you know but i think it comes with age as well you know in experience nowadays uh, as an actor i get loads of no's you know like you do yeah. i don't know you, you do 10 auditions excuse me to get one yes sometimes you know like sometimes yeah. you do literally 20 and you get just no's so like if you, if you don't have you know the, the your head uh, in, in the right place then then you're in trouble because uh, you do have to deal with rejection all the time but before uh, like i said i used to suffer nowadays and i think everyone should take this as, as, as a little lesson in life uh, who am I to teach? But you know what I mean. <laughs> it worked for me, so maybe it was gonna work for other people. Uh, I, I actually I allow myself to digest that information. You know, like I did a very good self tape the other day for for a TV ad, very good money, and then they they called me and you know for the recall. So I was like, great, recall is like much closer to get the part than you know. And I was already like in my mind, what I'm gonna do with that money? You know, mm -hmm. uh, as being you know being a Pisces. Uh, <laughs> and then I got a big no. Like, listen, it didn't work. Rodrigo, back on the day, would suffer for a whole week. Mm -hmm. I would eat McDonald's every two days. Mm -hmm. You know, like that sort of attitude. Nowadays, it's like I felt really shit, really shit for a few hours. I was like, I don't want, I'm not going to call my parents. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to allow myself to feel sorry for myself for half day. Netflix and chill. That's what I did. Chocolate, popcorn, whatever I wanted. Alcohol. Mm -hmm. Happy days. Mm -hmm. And then... After half, you know, that, that happened maybe 12 o'clock at that particular day. I felt really sorry for myself until midnight. And then I went to bed. Next day, I was like, no. Like, just, you know, it's not out of it. I don't have any reason to feel that way. Because how many people not only, you know, want to be actors or, uh, you know, and anyone. People that want to leave Brazil because they don't feel happy. And they don't get the opportunity to do what, what I did and what I've, I've achieved so far. So... Why, why am I feeling sorry for myself? There's always somebody else in a in a in a position a little bit, you know, not so good as yours. Let's say. Yes. So I always try to put use empathy and put myself in somebody else's shoes. Like Rodrigo, it's just a no. It's just a no. You're an actor. Move on. You know. Yeah. So I you're using... husband sometimes. Sorry, sorry. Uh, sometimes there's a delay and I feel like I'm going to interrupt you there. Uh, but sometimes I say to my, we saw in a movie. I don't know which movie, but it says. Um, Suck it up, princess. 
That that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> when I feel really shitty, suck it up, princess. Moving on. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, 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 but you're using it sounds like you're using gratitude to kind of help snap you out of the the funk if that makes sense um Definitely. you know you're... i think being grateful is something uh, really 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 important uh, i think we all forget that sometimes even myself uh, but whenever i feel really bad uh, not just towards acting or in life uh, i i try to you know to i don't know somehow try to analyze that timeline I, mm. myself and my husband we do that quite often whenever we one of us is feeling a little bit low. You were like, where do we go? You know, mm. like you're only away from your country for 15 years. Uh, five of those, you, you you worked on a TV show in Ireland in a different language. Here you are pursuing pursuing acting. Uh, after you decided to leave, because I decided to leave for a city, wasn't, I wasn't fired. I wasn't, don't know, anything like that. I decided, mm. I made a decision, calculated risk, uh, mm. and decided to, you know, to move on because I want to experience something different. So... You know, I don't have I don't have any reason to to feel sorry for myself. And one thing that really helps, and I learned that in, in astrology as well. Uh, there was an astrologist in Brazil, Lilian. She's very very good, and she said something to me. Uh, whenever you're feeling like really really low, you know, you don't you think everything's going wrong, and you're extremely sad. Go and do charity. You know, mm. do some act of charity. Just go and help someone. Uh, it could be like you I don't know you're on the street. Uh, and you see somebody you know that needs help. Charity is not just like sending money, you know, through PayPal mm. to an NGO. You know that's good too, and I do sometimes. But it's not just that. You know, it's literally yeah. knowing that someone is not feeling well, picking up the phone and going, "Listen, can you go for a coffee nowadays? Yeah. Can we do a virtual coffee? You know, yeah, and that sort it, of thing it makes you feel better. Very valuable piece of piece of advice. It reminds me of when I was younger, and sometimes I might have been, you know, feeling sorry for myself for for whatever reason you know, as a teenager or even a bit younger, I think my mother would sense it. And if I was in bed for a little bit longer, she'd, what she'd do, she'd start, first of all, hoovering right outside my bedroom and then, you know, purposefully hitting the door with the hoover. So then I'd wake up and I'd wake up um, and then she'd be like, right, we're going over. And she used to work with the elderly. So we're going over to help this person, you know, out of bed or, or whatever, or just even for a chat and a cup of tea. And it is, I think she was doing that obviously on purpose to give me perspective. And I think that's yeah. what you and, and your your husband, David, talk about as well. It's often just when you're in those moments of stress or 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 sadness that it's really having perspective. And even mm. when you talk when you talk about astrology, that kind of is again, it's perspective. It's how is what is this what what am I in comparison to exactly. the stars above? So having that um kind of zoom out ability is is a very powerful thing to to be able to do. Um, what was your first acting role, and how did that all lead to to Fair City? Well, my first acting gig was um actually do you remember the I I don't remember the name of the shop, but the one that you used to uh, rent uh, DVDs, movies, and stuff. Extra Vision, hey, maybe in that. Hey, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, think I was going to say Eurovision, but that's the competition. <laughs> uh, so Extra Vision was, and um, I that's how old I am. <laughs> and uh, I went to give back to one of the DVDs uh, that we had over the weekend. I, I don't know, over the week, whatever. So I got there and the guy had to receive and go inside and do something. So on the on the worktop, uh, worktop, I should say, on, on the cash desk, there was a flyer mm. looking for uh, actors 
for a music video for, uh, okay. for Donna McCaw. Donna McCaw, uh, she was she was a singer back on the day, and uh, I, they had some sort of success back on the day, and she was kind of going into, you know, she's trying again with her brother. Uh, I mean, she they did together as uh, twin, uh, not twin, sorry, as brother and sister for Eurovision back on the day, and then she was going to go solo. And I didn't know any of that information. I only saw looking for an actor. And because the guy was taking too long inside of the shop, I I just look at it. It was just something. Maybe it's that you know, sixth sense that, that came to yeah. me. And um, so I, I put that in my, in my pocket. And then I got home and I sent an email and applied for the job, having zero experience in acting whatsoever. And then they called me for an audition. It was in person. You know, there wasn't self-tapes and that sort of thing. Uh, so I went and I did, and then uh, it was a Friday next week, uh, myself and my husband were just sitting. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, I was studying at that stage for my accounts, you know, exams and mm. stuff like that. So I was super busy. One thing that I could not do is like think about something else, like acting. Uh, but anyways, they called me, uh, it was like half 10 in the evening or something, super late on a Friday or Saturday. Uh, oh yeah, and I had an exam that particular week, so that's why I was studying. So anyways... Okay. I got a call beside my husband. We lived in a tiny little studio uh, near Talbot Street. And then this lady, you know, was like, oh, so hi, Rodrigo, I'm the producer. Uh, you got the part, so you have to actually uh, <clears throat> meet us. You know, we're going to spend the weekend, next weekend, <clears throat> in, uh, I think it was Penchestown. It was like a big mansion. They used that mansion for loads of uh, ads, for lottery. They have a heliport. Like, it's crazy stuff. Hmm. So we are actually picking up you know, uh, to go with us. And then my husband, who didn't actually know I, I did the audition, I never told him because somehow I was feeling a little bit like like cheating, you know, in, in my, I'm, I'm pursuing act, I mean, accounting and here yeah. I am going for something else. We didn't have that conversation. So uh, as soon as I hung up the phone and he was like, who was that? It was like, I had to say the truth, obviously. He was surprised. He was like, wow, I, I knew you kind of liked that sort of thing, but I'm surprised you didn't tell me. So anyways, I think I was just ashamed you know, for trying something, uh, I didn't have the confidence just yet, but I did. Yes. And then we spent uh, the weekend filming helicopters and mansions and everything. It was it was pretty bizarre uh, in a good way. And that was my first acting gig. So I didn't have any, I mean, we did lines and everything on the day, the dialogue, but obviously the music is in the background. So you can you can see me getting annoyed and that sort of thing. But okay. uh, <laughs> we didn't, you know, that was my very first acting job. After that, I knew hundred percent. I was like, that's what I want to do. Uh, but still, you know, I have to come up with uh, some sort of plan. You know, the yes. first part was I cannot just call myself an actor just because I acted in the music video. You know, like it's, it just doesn't work like that. Some people do, but I, I, I don't. So I decided to start from the scratch. So I actually finished, you know, Deloitte, uh, not Deloitte. I finished uh, GIT. I still got a job in Deloitte. And whenever mm. I felt like I, I had like some uh, holidays or something like this, I used to go and work as a, a, an extra or a featured extra in big productions. Uh, whenever I had the time, I never took the time off to, to do it, but whenever yeah. I had the time, and that was just growing with me, growing, growing, growing until the day when I decided to give up you know, Deloitte uh, accounting uh, once and for all. So you, you obviously, you spent that time building confidence, I guess, mm to a certain extent practicing or working on your craft um when you gave up Deloitte Deloitte was it you had something in mind that you had an opportunity to go into or it was I'm, I'm quitting Deloitte I have nothing and I'm just going to go nothing, for this yeah. 
Yeah, I had nothing. I, what, what, I, I had one plan in my mind was as soon as I left, I went to Brazil for about a month and a half just to gather some energy, you know, like it was time to go and see everyone. And it's always, I always come back like feeling really good you know, about myself when I do that. It's, it's really because, you know, my mom is there, my, my friends, yeah. my dad. Uh, and then I came back and I I didn't have anything to do. So what I did was I signed up for uh, Movie Extras. It's a company mm-hmm. that provides you know, extras for loads of big productions in Ireland. And then I worked for about, I think, eight or 10 months. I worked just as an extra, sometimes as a featured extra, you know, mm-hmm. the, those ones with maybe one tiny line or maybe they're more featured than the background talent, let's say. Uh, and I did for about 10 months. I worked on Vikings, Ripper Street, Penny Dreadful. And it, that was a massive school because I could see from a different perspective, you know, like as an extra, that's how everyone behaves. As an actor, I could see everyone behaving in a certain way. As a member of the crew, as a director, as a protagonist. Uh, and I learned a lot. I'm, I'm a huge observer. I love watching from a distance. Uh, mm. And I did, and and I loved it. I, I thought, you know what, this is really what I want to do. And that's when I found out about uh, the factory. I don't know if you if you're familiar with the, the the acting school called the factory. It used to be the no. factory. Nowadays, it's Bow Street, Bow Street Academy. Uh, okay. So the the factory was started by pretty much Maureen Hughes, Shimmy Marcus, and Jim Sheridan. Yeah, Jim Sheridan. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so they they used to gather loads of actors together. It wasn't quite a school. And then it became a school eventually, but it was like an actor studio sort of a, yeah. a thing. And people that were that were involved with actors that were involved with you know that actor studio, they 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 went and, and they had a you know beautiful career uh, back on the day. So I'm talking about Neve Algar and now uh, Lawrence O'Friend. Uh, you know he's mm. one of the the leads in Blood Origin on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Barry Keoghan doing extremely well. Like those people really started from the factory, let's say. Wow. Uh, but because at uh, that particular uh, you know, time in Ireland, everything was really hard. It was the, you know, the, the recession was hitting everyone. So Nama decided to take that building away, even though it was only rented. But Nama uh, talked to the owners and decided to take the, you know, the, the building away. Uh, and then post, uh, the factory left that particular venue and he started uh, like renamed themselves, rebranded themselves as Bow Street Academy because it's the address is in Bow Street in W7. Yeah. Okay. So that's why they changed the, the name to Bow Street. And I was the first uh, group of actors to graduate from the new from the new name, Bow Street Academy, uh, in 2015. So after movie extras, I worked, I mean, found out about Bow Street, let's say did applied for the course not everyone would you know would get a place i i had friends that applied for three four years before between the factory and Bowie street and they 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 didn't get a place uh somehow i managed to get a place uh after a self-tape and an interview as well uh and um and that was it and then i graduated in it was a full-time course so i graduated in 2015 and then fair city came along i did a self-tape which they liked uh, it wasn't for the role of Christiana. It was mm. like a refugee, um, don't know, refugee stories and stuff like that. It was really common that you know in 2016, and yeah. then they wanted to portray that you know story, one of that those stories into the show, which I thought was brilliant because I could mm. really relate. Not yeah. that I was a refugee, but I, I'm I'm also not from there, you know, from, yeah. from, from Ireland. So. Uh, I did the self tape. They liked it, and then they brought me in 
to meet everyone and also do a few more uh, you know, uh, tests uh, on the day. So we do a self-tape, which probably it's it's done by hundreds of actors and then they kind of choose you know two or three to go in and then you have a chat and you know see uh, in person you know see if you're not a crazy actor or something like that uh, and you do a few more tests and then eventually find out you know who got the gig which wasn't me I didn't get the gig uh, again another rejection but I think at that stage I I knew how to deal with that I was like oh okay not not too bad but thank you yeah uh, but saying that if you don't mind me saying but I was already manifesting. I remember walking from my house. I used to live in Bosbridge, which was very close to, to RT. So yeah. all, you know, literally walking all the way up to RT, I decided to walk. I didn't get a bus or a taxi or anything because I was actually thinking about me on set, uh, you know, like me talking to the actors, becoming friends with them and, and seeing myself on the papers or something. You know, I, I, I could see that. And then, you know, ended up happening in a very weird way and that's why i believe in in i don't know energy and you know what is meant to be is meant to be as long as you are in the right path uh, yes. so i did the audition and then didn't get the part they talked they called my agent and said oh rodrigo was really good we liked him but we're not going to use him this time because we went in a different direction we're not going to do the refugee it's going to be slightly different and we we need some somebody older than rodrigo to portray the character but we're going to keep him in the system and maybe we'll call him in the future i was like you know what this is just like blah 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 you know like not to say mm. he didn't get and moving on uh but i felt sad because when i left that day uh, rte i was like oh my god this is like the best experience of my life i've never got to this stage feeling this confident, you know, uh, and, but I also knew I was like, it was myself with this look. <laughs> it was uh, a British actor, uh, Black, and he could do like, you know, a kind of um, like African accent. So, you know, so to portray like a very a foreign from literally somewhere else rather than England uh, or, or Ireland. And then we had somebody from Chile, uh, Jose Miguel, who ended up getting the part uh, and I played mm. his brother afterwards on the show. Okay. Uh, and we, we couldn't look more different. A Brazilian <laughs> that doesn't look from Brazil, an English person that doesn't look from Africa. Yeah. And you know, Chile, uh, that was actually Chile, Chile. Uh, so they went <laughs> with the Chile and uh, after a few months, I got married and then I was in my honeymoon in Santorini. And then I got a call from my agent saying, oh, Rodrigo, wow. are you busy? Uh, I was like, I'm just here in Santorini in <laughs> kind the of. sunset. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, and she was like, well, uh, RT got in contact and they decided to write uh, a regular character for you in the show. Wow. Uh, don't know. So would you accept? It was like, of course, between like washing the dishes and my future was washing the dishes and hoovering the house, just like your mom, your mom was doing to you. And I was yeah. like, yes, I, I would love to do that. So that's how Cristiano came along. I technically... I never auditioned for Cristiano. Cristiano was given to me, you know, by by the writers and the producers of the show, which was was a blessing in disguise, to be honest. So before I come to my question, it it actually did sound like you know, if you, if you're applying for a job or something, you get those maybe standard rejection emails of oh, mm -hmm. sorry, but you're not what we're looking for. It actually sounded like when they were responding to you that they genuinely meant it that you're just not right for what we have planned in other words mm -hmm. we've got this character written up or whatever and you're great but unfortunately you don't fit the the profile of, of this particular person and mm -hmm. I imagine that when you received that information you were like oh whatever they're just made they send that to everyone um but 
in those weeks or months or days, I, I don't know what it is, between um, you receiving the no to that phone call that you had in, in Santorini, did you continue to visualize yourself there? Or was it like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know what to think about that anymore. Is it done? No, I, again, because I was about to get married, like, I don't know, things take okay. over. I don't know, yeah, I was really true. like planning for the wedding. And then my family was coming from Brazil. Granny, who at that stage was was 83 years old or something. It was the first wow. time that I'm going into an airplane. So I'm not wow. going to lie. I felt like I felt sad. I allowed myself to feel really sad uh, for maybe over than a day, I, I remember. But I think it was a combination of many things happening, to be really honest. So first of all, we had to anticipate the wedding for about a year because my mother-in-law, who passed away since, unfortunately, uh, she she was diagnosed with cancer, with terminal cancer, okay. just around that time. So like my mind was really like, you know, all over the place. Like we're trying to to make sure she would be part of the wedding, you know, while she could and she was, thank God. Uh, I was getting married, obviously. Yeah. And then this no just came in a, in a moment that was just, you know, it was a flood of loads of things going on. Good things as well, like getting married, you know, yeah. having my granny coming all the way from Brazil, you know, for the wedding. So I was busy, but I'm not, I, I do remember every now and then I was like, maybe that email, you know, they meant something. Maybe like, so it was in the back of my mind. So somehow I was trying, I was still manifesting something that could happen eventually because again, I felt when I left to RT that I did a very good job. I was very proud of myself, you know, yeah. uh, because they, they even had like an improv exercise, which I hate because you know, English <laughs> is not my first language. Yes, so I'm always course. like one second behind everybody mm. else, no matter what. Uh, it, it might, I don't know, maybe something I have to deal in therapy, but uh, I hate <laughs> you know, improvisation so much. Uh, but we did have an improv uh, exercise uh, you know, on that day and that, that went really well. So again, I think somehow I was still thinking about it. And then the universe just you know, put those uh, pieces together and ended up you know, being Cristiano for just over five years. Yeah. Um, a thoroughly enjoyable experience, I imagine. Oh, lovely. I like it was literally like life changing. Uh, people do think and they always want to hear, oh, you left because because you fight with someone or because you fought with someone or because, you know, you didn't like. Mm. No. I, it was literally one of the hardest, if it's not the hardest decision of my life, because as an actor, it's just so hard to get a job, you know, like yeah. it's just so many of us and we just, it's just impossible, you know, like to have jobs for everyone uh, and to survive as, as an actor, which I could for five years. Uh, it's, it's even more because I know people, even people that graduated with me in 2015, they, they didn't have the same, you know, experience, you know, like they could maybe get a, a part on Game of Thrones for two days and that yeah. would pay, you know, some money. But again, that wasn't enough to keep you going for a year, you know, maybe yeah. pay the rent that particular month or two months, but then you were back, you know, on, on the door looking for, you know, some help, some, you know, benefits, which lucky enough, I've, I've never had to, mm. to go you know, down that, that road and nothing wrong with it. But I also think... Mm. You have to give to people that actually need. I I, I didn't need for for all that time, uh, and yeah. Um, so yeah, no. Fair City was uh, it was a very good experience. I learned so much. I I always say that was my second degree. You know because yeah. <laughs> uh, you learn everything in in school, the drama, acting, and everything. But then you don't get to actually experience until you are on set, 
and being on set every single week, almost every day, working with like huge names, you know, of, of the Irish, you know, industry, and also internationally, because we have we have directors coming from the UK, from, from Scotland, uh, like from loads of different places uh, to work with us, you know, it's not just one director for 33 years, 34 years of Fair City, we change it in a weekly basis. So mm. it was always busy, you know, it was always like, know your lines, you know, like there's no time for like in a movie, you can have a conversation about an hour before then you start the scene and then you are fully prepared. No, now it's like, we have one take. I hope you cry the way you should cry, be crying. Action, yeah. you know, like it's, oh, it's, it's yeah. really like the pace is really, really quick, which taught me like so many things. When I worked in Brazil, and uh, this this year no last year uh, after Fair City, I got cast in a feature film over there, and that's why I, that's why I went to Brazil for six months. And uh, yeah. it for me it was like it was different because I've never acted in Portuguese, which is my own language. <laughs> yeah. uh, but at the same time, I was so ready. You know, like I had some emotional scenes and I had some funny scenes, and I just felt like for somebody who's never worked in Brazil before and you know in in acting. I thought I did a, a, an okay job, you know, again, because of everything that I learned in Fair City, you know, if, if I always said to people, if you do a reasonably okay scene on Fair City or storyline, whatever, then you, 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 you're you going to do really well everywhere, you know, everywhere, everywhere else, because um, the, the pace is just so fast. You don't have the time. You have to pretty much direct yourself because wow. the director, like we have 15 minutes to do a scene. You know, and this is including of the whole setup, and then yeah. you, know, you don't have those stakes. If you make a mistake, it is if it's not a crazy mistake, then that goes on air anyway, uh, which can be very challenging because somebody who loves controlling everything. If I yeah. wasn't happy with a particular take, I used to struggle so much at the beginning because I wasn't brave enough to go like, "Can we just do it again, please?" Yeah. And then I would end up watching four weeks after on screen and go, "Oh my god." That looks awful. And then you question yourself and your ability. So yeah. again, five years gave me a lot of strength and a lot of learning of you know, Absolutely. how to do the, the professional, to do the scenes and, I don't know, to accept things better. Somehow. Incredible experience gained. Like I, for, I, I guess the reason there is, you know, Fair City are pumping out so much content that there is literally no time. As you say, no. there's no time for retakes. There's no time for... An actor's opinion on on whatever it's it's like, boom, it's in, and I can't imagine exactly. that. What what and, a and, uh... and some people don't like it. Some people don't don't they, they cannot mm. do. I know actors that did a quite a good job, but for them, are like no, it's I it's just too fast, it's too quick, and I don't yeah. I'm not comfortable. And then they they left. Yeah. Uh, I was I was surprised with myself because uh, I now I can say I I I'm, I work well under pressure because. There's so much pressure. Like the yeah. pressure, it's it's unreal how quick it is, how many things can go wrong. And if you take you know that responsibility to yourself, which I'm I'm very empath empathic, is that a word? Yeah. Empathetic. Empathetic person. Empathetic, yeah. yeah. I'm very empathetic. So if I see something someone struggling on set, nothing to do with me, I would take that from me. And that would actually do something bad for me in the scene because I wouldn't be mm. present. Or so all those things that you have to learn while you're doing it so that's why i always say i was a much better actor towards the end of fair city you know like after two or three years than at the beginning because yeah. it, it was different you know and one thing that bothers me a lot 
it's people treat Fair City, people that don't watch the show, they treat Fair City as as a bad TV show. Oh, I don't know, it's, it's maybe I can say here, but it's a mm. shite and it's Fair City mm. and that sort of thing. Mm. And no, it's a different format. You cannot switch on RTE 1, Fair City, expecting to have the same uh, format as a Netflix production with yeah. millions and millions and millions of dollars and pounds and euros uh, going into it. Months and months of uh, preparation as well. Do you know, like a, a, a movie could take, uh, I did a movie in Ireland, uh, it took us you know, three months to shoot. Do you know, like six months to prepare for one hour and a half of a movie. We, yeah. we produce on a weekly basis on Fair City, a hundred minutes of TV I... show, four episodes of 25 minutes. Yeah. Like, and this is like, it's, that one's finished on Friday, on Friday evening. Uh, when we leave the show, we leave the set, and then another twenty-five and another hundred minutes is coming, and they are preparing as they go. So yes, love, not everything is gonna be up to scratch and the best of you know for for you. But at the end of the day, it's a different format. It's so popular and entertained so many people for so many years, and I couldn't be yeah. more you know, proud to be to have been involved in everything like I did. I I still think it's an unbelievably uh, it's an incredible achievement to to have been on that show to you know i i've learned another language and i know how difficult it is and i can only imagine that when you say that improv scene was difficult for you it's because your brain is working double speed you know you're, exactly. you're maybe <laughs> at the time maybe you're 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 translating your mind maybe you become less aware of that but um your your brain literally is working double speed you've really pushed yourself and as you said you've gone into that really tough environment for an actor where it's you have to be on point all the time and I, I imagine that has prepared you now as a very very uh, competent actor um you're you're currently sitting in London you're yes. you're not living I mean, in Dublin I'm, I'm, I'm in Oxford actually sorry oh sorry okay in Oxford um you you've made the move so this is the first episode of the podcast where technically it's not a life in Dublin it's a life uh, <laughs> used to be in Dublin, uh, now in, in Oxford. Uh, how did that come about? So uh, so basically after I decided to leave Fair City, uh, I, you know, it was mid of the pandemic, I decided to, well, I had a lot of time to myself to think. Mm. And then I said, you know what, I feel like it's time to move on. You know, five years is a long time to do one thing. Uh, I, I could see like certain opportunities, you know, coming along and then I had to say no. Uh, not that first city was always against you know me doing something else. It wasn't quite like that, but like it's Murphy's law, you know. Like always, when I was lo looking to get a part somewhere else, and I was close enough to get, I ended up being booked for Fair City, which I had a contract, so I couldn't do you know both things at the same time. And that's that. That was one of the reasons I I decided to leave. Uh, again, pandemic gave me enough time, and then I had a conversation with the show, uh, with the the runners, and. Um, I gave them over a year. I said, you have 12 months to do whatever you want. So I give plenty of notice because uh, I wanted to leave in a very good note. You know, I felt like yeah. I did a good job for all that time. I didn't want to leave. You know, I wanted to, to do justice for the character, for the audience, uh, and for mm -hmm. the people that worked with me for so many years. We are still like, like a family. You know, I, I'm still in touch with loads of them. Uh, so my husband, uh, back before pandemic, he already got a job as a lecturer here in Oxford. So wow. he was teaching uh, lecturing law for a few years, but obviously during pandemic, he was teaching 
you know, uh, over Zoom, and yeah. uh, we were in Dublin, which was you know very handy for all of us. I didn't have to travel back and forth. He didn't have to do that either. Uh, and first, it was only I think they stopped for about four or five months at, in in the first pandemic. Mm. I mean the first the first lockdown. Um, so I don't remember exactly, but anyways, as soon as I went back to Fair City, I had a conversation with them about you know leaving. Uh, and as soon as you know the whole all the borders opened, David came back to Oxford uh, to lecture, and then I managed to finish Fair City, uh, which my last episode was January twenty twenty two, so last year, a year now, yeah, just yeah. a year. Uh, actually, which day is today? Let me see. Yeah, today's the today's the tenth. So five days ago was my last episode wow. of Fair City. A year ago, uh, and uh, and then the move was just like uh, it, it made sense, you know. Like David is already in Oxford; he's doing well here. He's pretty happy. Uh, he was always so supportive of me, so I felt like now it's my turn to be supportive of, of him as well. So we left Dublin. We still have the house there; everything's there, rented and everything. Mm. Uh, I have my bedroom as well, so I kept one, one space in case I have to go <laughs> and work, you know, in yeah. in, in, in 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 Ireland. Uh, I have my agent in uh, Alex Cusack uh, in Ireland as well. So mm. it's it's almost like we left Ireland, but not quite. You know, we're just yeah. passing uh, passing some part of our lives, a temporary uh, time in 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 the UK. And here's really good because I managed to get an agent in London. Uh, so hopefully, you know, right. certain uh, opportunities will come through them as well. I got an agent in Brazil, so hopefully, you know, things will come uh, from mm. that agent as well. So it's it's. It's good nowadays. You don't have to be based in, in in one specific place. You could be anywhere, because the very first you know auditions are always self tapes online, and then if they like you, they will get a recall probably online, or sometimes they would just fly you to whatever you need to go and meet everyone. Yeah. So it's 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 quite handy. Um, if if you were to, let's say, um, analyze what's happened over the course of your life into into three steps into the unknown first moving from you know brazil to ireland um then from you know let's say a very steady career into acting and now a move from another step into the unknown which is moving from you know a solid acting role mm-hmm. into into an, another step into the unknown if you were to give let's say on that first step into the unknown from dublin to brazil the Rodrigo of that moment, if you could go back and give him a piece of advice, what would you say to him? At that particular time or, or At before that? At that particular time. Okay. Um, be less anxious. Mm. I think I always suffered with anxiety. Everything had to be for yesterday, you know? Yeah. So I think I, I, I suffered a lot. I still do. You know, mm. but be less anxious, you know, like everything is going to happen in the right time and just believe, you know, I always believe, so I shouldn't say believe, I should say maybe just be less anxious, you know, like mm. things will fall into place eventually. And what about the the Rodrigo that moved from, um, you know, from the steady career into acting in that in that little time frame? What what advice would you give to that particular Rodrigo in that particular moment? Fucking go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I see it. any other way. Yeah, it, it's really just go for it. Don't don't think twice because we we all like I think we all know in our guts to know what 
what really drives you. You know, you're not doing the podcast here because, you know, you have zero things to do in life. And it was like, you know, I'm just going to do it because somebody said it was good for me. No, you do it because you love. I can see, you know, yeah. through our conversation, yeah. you are fully present. You are, yeah. you know, you, you, whatever you say to me, I'm feeling it's like we're exchanging this good energy. We're doing something yeah. you love and I'm doing something I love. And yeah. this brings us in, in a different, I don't know, energy level. You know, mm. I know it sounds like a priest, <laughs> some sort well, of coat. But you know yeah. what I mean? We're in the same wavelength. And I think yeah. everyone should feel that way. If you go to work, like, you know, being miserable, or if you're already, you know, dreading, you know, dreading that Monday morning and it's only like Friday evening, something's wrong. You know, we come into this universe uh, for a very, as Rodrigo, as Mark, we come in a very, uh, like, split second. It's nothing. You know, it's yeah. it's like the Zoom, you know, thing that you're talking about astrology. Yeah. Uh, so why not just enjoy ourselves? So what's the worst case scenario? You know, so if you feel it, if it makes you happy, then my advice is fucking go for it. <laughs> Amazing. I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's ahead for you in 2023. Um, Thank you. You have um, a, an attitude that I really admire. Um, you were not gifted anything. Uh, you worked from from as you said you started working hard from the age of 12 and you made it work for yourself so I have absolutely zero doubt that there's there's something good um in the the not so distant future uh, for you ahead of you and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what that is um, thank you so much to to bring it back just to, just before we finish um maybe to to Dublin um Normally I ask people like, is there any kind of places they like to hang out or or cafes or bars or parks or benches or whatever it might be. Uh, but I'm going to uh, ask you in a different way. I'm going to ask you, what do you miss about Dublin? What do I miss about Dublin? Definitely the people. Okay. Like the Irish people. I miss everyone that there was in Ireland, but, uh, but Irish people, uh, I, I, I miss, I think, I think we're, we're always like so, like Brazilian and Irish people, we have the same, same sense of humor, a bit dark, you know, mm. uh, that doesn't translate, you know, in, in many different cultures. UK is great and people in Oxford is lovely, don't get me wrong, but it's not quite, uh, we, we don't, have, like here, we, they don't have the crack, if you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, you know, yeah, like I, know I miss, I yeah. miss walking on the street, and then again because Cristiano was so popular, it was very common that people you, you know would stop me on the street and just have like a, a random chat. You know, you would start talking about the soap opera, and I love talking to people. I love talking to, you know, slightly older people as well, which was probably the main, you know, audience for Fair City. I miss that interaction, you know, with Irish people and uh, getting to know them, and you know, oh, wait until I tell you, Rodrigo, my. Mary got married <laughs> last week and then you know, I spent like half an hour yeah. and they've just texted yeah. me like where are you I was like oh I just yeah. met you know this lovely lady here uh, yeah. I don't see that happening I mean I, I haven't experienced that in, in Oxford uh, in, in the UK in general just yet they're lovely but yeah. it's different I miss the the Irish I miss the yeah. the cozy conversations and lovely people yeah that's yeah. what I miss most well, um, the one good thing is Dublin isn't going anywhere. So, you know, exactly. and obviously you've got the, um, is your husband Irish? Yeah, he's Irish from Drogheda. From Drogheda. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, and so with your, your Irish citizenship as well, don't worry, Dublin, it's not going anywhere. So uh, we'll... definitely, we have, we have family in Dublin and in, in Ireland anyways. We have family Mayo in Dublin, ah, and people good. all over the place. So we're always, you know, 
coming and going as well. I was there in October because I was shooting a small part in a, in a Netflix production as well in um, May, I forgot the name of the place, well, Castle Bar. It was around Castle Bar. Yeah, uh, so I'm always coming and going and it's, it's, it's lovely. When I go, it's always good crack. <laughs> very good very good Rodrigo I, I really really appreciate it um, and everybody who's listening thanks for listening um, Rodrigo how can we find you and, and follow you and all of the rest of it okay uh, so mainly Instagram like I'm on Twitter as well but uh, it's really just at Rodrigo Turnivoy, uh with Y in the end at Rodrigo Turnivoy. that's how I interact with everyone so you can go there and give my shout perfect and thank you thanks, again Rodrigo. for having me Mark I I had a really good chat with you. You were very kind and I had a good time. Thank you. Let, let's stay in touch. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, as I said, what happens in, in 2023. Exactly. I'll keep you posted. You, you can see on Instagram and then we do another chat. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. It sounds good. Uh, listen, all the best and um, look after yourself. Enjoy your time in Oxford. As you said, you. fucking go for it. Don't be anxious. Um, and it'll <laughs> it'll all be it'll all work out fine, I guess. Exactly. Thank you so much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.